the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Almost had me in stereo there for a moment. Is it real or is it Memrex? Well, it is real. It's live. It's 5 after 5 p.m. Okay, you want to take that pot? Let's turn that pot down. There we go. Chew gum and... uh, Run the uh, automation system all at the same time there. (laughs) Well, it's election day. We anticipated there would be some challenges and foibles, right? This is a good time to take a deep breath. Inhale. Then exhale. The sun will come up tomorrow. You can count on that prediction. And remember, you heard it here first. And I think perhaps the most important thing as we start our broadcast and election coverage tonight, and that is to be mindful that you need to make sure you get out to vote. There are two hours and 55 minutes to go, 54 minutes to go, before the polls close here in California. Pay no attention to what you're seeing in any of the reporting, because that can and might very well change before it's all said and done. Be mindful of the fact that while we are accustomed to going to bed on the first Tuesday of November every four years, knowing the outcome of the races, what happened with our propositions, what happened in our state races, what happened at the federal level, we will likely not know that tonight. And that's okay. In fact, until such time as the votes are cast by the Electoral College and then the certification is done by Congress, which is weeks and weeks away, we've got all the time in the world. So I think it's important to just take a deep breath, as I said a moment ago, get out and vote. And even if you think your guy is going to win or going to lose, there are so many more issues at play here. In such an election that, as I've suggested repeatedly over the last many, many months, the most pivotal race of our lifetime. And I know I've said that before, and those of you that have been with us for many years know that that's almost an annual or or biannual moniker of mine. Um, And I think, though, it remains true, because increasingly year after year, we see more challenges in our nation, more opportunities for we as Christians to be salt and light. And um, today's all about the process and participation in self-governance. Tomorrow, the next day, or whenever, we'll know the results, and we'll proceed accordingly. But till then, deep breath, and make sure you get out and vote. All right, let's get down to cases here tonight, shall we? We've got a lot to discuss in the program. It is election night, of course, and while it's too early to talk much about results, I can tell you that at least initially, um, we see a win on the Biden column for the state of Vermont, Donald Trump easily taking the state of Indiana, of course, the home state of Vice President Mike Pence. That's to be expected. 
over 100 million Americans voted prior to today, Election Day. And the estimates are that when it's all said and done and every vote is tallied, it could be as high as 160 to 170 million Americans, which would make this the highest voter turnout since 1906. So it's significant. Of course, across the state of California, uh, while we're not voting for a governor, though some of us wish we were, there are important races that are being voted upon and a variety of very critical propositions. So we've invited Jonathan Keller, president of the California Family Council, to uh, give us some highlights, especially for those of you last-minute voters that have not quite made it to the polls yet. You've been struggling over some of the propositions and what to do and how to vote from a, a uniquely pro-family, pro-life viewpoint. Well, let's uh, let's assist you with that right now. Jonathan, good evening to you. Craig, it's always good to be with you and your listeners. Thanks for having me, especially on such a uh, momentous occasion. Yes, indeed. It is a, it's a critical time, to be sure, and a critical day. And, of course, a lot of critical decisions before California voters. There's a bit of deja vu all over again in uh, this particular ballot in that a couple of measures that have been voted upon in the past, such as the issue related to dialysis, have come up yet again. Yet another attempt to try and weaken California's Proposition 13 in relationship to property taxes. And as you look at the overall list, what are some of the real key ones that you think most importantly Californians and especially folks that are believers pro-family pro-life should be paying close attention to well obviously I encourage everybody to make sure that you are voting in your own local races Uh, with a state of 40 million people it's really tough to provide um, direct uh, recommendations on things like city council and school board and things like that but I would encourage you, do your research. You, you, As you mentioned, Craig, you still have a little bit of time. <laughs> Go online. At bare minimum, just do a little bit of Googling around. My wife and I, for example, um, we were looking at some of our school board uh, candidates and some other people. And uh, going beyond just the names on the ballot, don't just stop at the ballot designation or even the candidate statement. If you do even just a little bit of research, you can start to see some buzzwords like social justice and uh equity and some different things that when you're comparing some of the candidates to each other, they're going to tip you off that they may have a slightly different worldview than you. Um, And they're not necessarily going to come out and say, I support uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or I'm a uh, I'm a card carrying Bernie Sanders uh, fanboy. But there are some things like that that you can look for in those races uh, that are local. Uh, Beyond that, if you're looking for advice on how to vote in the state races, whether it is a state Senate race that you're voting for, a state assembly race, and yes, all 80 state assembly members are up uh, this November, just like they are every November uh, in the the even years, um, I encourage you to go to our special website. It's CaliforniaFamilyVoter.com. You can look up your information right there. You can find the name of your representative. You can see who has been endorsed by California family, uh, see which ones are uh, the whether they're an incumbent or they're a challenger. You can see where they stand on some of our issues. And then also, Craig, I would say on the propositions, um, that's going to be a pivotal thing this year. There are a lot of propositions and surprise, surprise, uh, they are a little bit complicated. So let me just tell you the ones that I am uh, personally, I'm going to be voting in favor of. 
Uh, honestly, I, there's not – it's kind of slim pickings this year. Not a lot of stuff that I really think is worthy of your vote. But there's two that are. Uh, one of them is Proposition 20. Now, this deals with parole for certain offenses that are considered to be nonviolent. But unfortunately, in the state of California, because of some other uh, poorly implemented propositions that we've had, uh, including Prop 47 uh, and Prop 57, uh, you might have seen, Craig, those reports on the news, especially in drugstores like CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, uh, criminals who would actually go into the stores with a calculator and they would uh, get a big bag, they would take a bunch of items off the shelves and they would add it up as they were going to make sure that they kept the merchandise under $950. Because if it was under $950, they could essentially not be prosecuted for the theft of that merchandise. Uh, <laughs> It, it was really something remarkable to see. I, I have seen so many, so many videos posted on Facebook and Twitter of helpless store clerks that have been told by their corporate uh, corporate uh, site, you know what? If someone comes in and does this, um, the police aren't going to do anything. So you can videotape it, but you just have to stand back and let them steal. Whether it's makeup, whether it is uh, cos- other cosmetic products, whether it is. Uh, you know, alcohol, drinks, whatever it is, if it's under $950, there's literally nothing that the cops can do to protect those stores. Prop 20 would begin to roll some of that back, and it would also help roll back some of the premature release of nonviolent, quote-unquote, criminals. And remarkably, Craig, that includes people like domestic abusers, sex traffickers, and arsonists. That, for some reason, I don't know why, but Prop 57 classified those people as nonviolent. So I think it's vitally important that uh, that that proposition, Prop 20, does pass. Absolutely. And, you know, you 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 add a whole new twist to the term calculating thief. <laughs> I mean, to, to make sure they keep it just under grand theft, it's just below grand larceny. And there was a recent story here uh, probably three or four weeks ago of a, a massive um, a criminal ring that was busted right here in the San Francisco Bay Area that in particular had been preying upon Walgreens and CVS and they were seemingly buying or, or stealing rather penny ante stuff, you know, like uh, toothpaste, underarm deodorant, shampoo. But these yeah. things add up after a while and of course at just below $1,000 every time they roll into the store and head back out, then they would turn around and they would go on online auction sites and sell it at just enough below retail value that it was of interest to people who bought it, thinking they were getting a bargain, not realizing, of course, that they were actually purchasing stolen goods. And when they discovered this guy's series of storage lockers and a full-on warehouse that he had, there were literally tens of millions of dollars of products that have been stolen from stores all over Northern California. And of course, at the end of the day, Jonathan, uh, the real price that's paid is not even necessarily by the poor merchant. It's by people like you and me that go into the store and suddenly find out, gee, it used to cost me $7 for uh, my favorite brand of, say, uh, deodorant, and now it's costing 12 I wonder why that is. Well, because the cost of the thievery gets passed on to the consumer. That's absolutely right, Craig. And it's something, again, that I think is, is very sad because 
your listeners have to understand that $950, that's not $950 uh, per person. Um, that's not $950 per day. That is per trip to the store. <laughs> yeah. So you would see in many cases these videos, the same crooks would be hitting one store. They would hit a CBS in this part of town. Then they would go hit a Rite Aid in this part of town and then a Walgreens in that part of town. And they could do it on a, on a rotating basis. And again, if, if you know as a store clerk or as just a as shopper, at a certain point, uh, not only are the items going to be more expensive, not only might they be out of stock the next time you need something, but I mean, who wants to just live in a uh, in a region like that? Who wants to shop in neighborhoods like that? It really hurts families. It hurts uh, small businesses, and I think that's a great reason why uh, something like Prop Twenty is one of the few that does deserve our vote. All right, so a yes vote on Prop. 20 and critically important because, as Jonathan points out, the impact of, of, of be it organized crime or serial theft, as he suggests, really places a major toll on not just local merchants, but on all of us. So a yes vote on Prop 20. More to come. We're on election night. It is, of course, Tuesday, the 3rd of November. You thought it'd never get here. Here it is. 5.17 on the clock. Traffic, you thought that'd never get here either, huh? <laughs> Let's get the latest for you right now from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation, the election night, Decision 2020. We've got coverage for you, at least early coverage on the program here for you tonight. Um, so far, not a lot to uh, report out of the East Coast other than to tell you that, as expected, President Trump has won Indiana quite easily, Tennessee. So far, Joe Biden with Vermont, Washington, D.C., Massachusetts, and, of course, his home state of Delaware. Anticipated? Up to 160 to 170 million Americans could be voting between the pre-vote tally leading up to Election Day and then, of course, people going up, showing up at the polls today. And if that indeed is true, this would make us the highest percentile of registered voter turnout since 1906. Wow. We're talking today, of course, about the California ballot propositions. And while um, every state, every every city, every community has a number of key uh, elections and races that we're closely following, it's uh, more than we can certainly ever hope to uh, unpack on the program here tonight. And quite frankly, we've done a lot of that over the preceding weeks and months. But we did ask Jonathan Keller, president of the California Family Council, to join us to talk about some of the the important sort of standout propositions. Again, I'll vo- point you to the uh, the handy voter guide that's available online at CaliforniaFamilyVoter.com. That's CaliforniaFamilyVoter.com that will take you much deeper into many of the local and regional races, where the candidates stand on important issues, and of course, most importantly, then to give you some guidance on how to vote. As we move on, Jonathan, from Proposition 20, what is another uh, one or two sort of top-tier propositions that you think are most important for California voters to pay attention to? Well, let me give you one that I'm voting yes on, the only other one, and then let me give you one that I am emphatically voting no on. Um, uh, the only one, other one that is a yes is Prop 22. So that's yes on 20, yes on 22. Uh, if you have not seen an ad for Prop 22, um, 
I would like to live where you're living because <laughs> they, they have just been absolutely everywhere on television, on Facebook, on Twitter, on uh, your Pandora radio. I mean, everywhere has been talking about Prop 22. This is the uh, this is the proposition that deals with ride sharing apps, things like Uber and Lyft and also delivery apps like Instacart and Grubhub, uh, DoorDash. Basically, what this has done, it was a law from California called AB5. It it reclassified a lot of these jobs and said that instead of being able to work as independent contractors, it required these companies to hire people as employees. Well, in a lot of cases, I mean, Craig, you know, with business, there's a lot of complications, and sometimes it's easier both for the company but also for the employee to serve as an independent contractor. You just get a 1099 form at the end of the year. Uh, Everybody has a little bit more flexibility, and it can actually provide greater opportunities for both businesses to hire and for employees to work the types of schedules they want to work. Well, that was curtailed by AB5 after Governor Newsom signed that back in 2019. And as a result, it was a huge campaign by Uber, Lyft, and these other companies to get this on the ballot. And essentially, it would just allow these organizations to once again offer their employees to work as independent contractors. I I mean, I'll tell you, I've got a little bit of mixed feelings about this because I would love to see this one actually just completely repeal the law. I'd love to have the flexibility for everybody to be able to work as an independent contractor. But I think this is at least a good first step. And it really does push back on Sacramento and the idea that they're going to reach down into that employee-employer relationship and say, no, you can't work the way that you want to. You have to do it the way we say here from the Capitol in Sacramento. Well, and especially at a time, Jonathan, as we all know, we're facing tough economic challenges across the country, and especially in a state like California that's so mismanaged at so many levels. And to say to Californians who are struggling to pay their taxes, struggling to pay the rent, struggling to pay the mortgage, and now they say, okay, even though we know that you picked up in a little side gig and doing some part-time deliveries or uh, part-time work as an Uber or Lyft driver, We're going to penalize your employer and in doing so, potentially put your employer in a position of saying, you know what, if we have to do business like this, we just can't do business. We'll close our doors altogether. And now all the people that are counting on that additional income to make ends meet, to get through tough times, or, you know, even if it's just something like paying a child's uh, tuition through college or saving money for a dream vacation, you ought to allow the marketplace to decide. And um, we're going to hope and pray that prevailing minds uh, vote yes in favor of Proposition 22 so we can also send a message as you point out, to uh, the state of California or to the legislature to stop meddling in things where your nose doesn't belong. You mentioned a third and final proposition that you were going to look at a no vote on. Which one was that? Yeah. So just as a reminder, I'm, I'm personally voting no on all the propositions, 14 through 25, with the exception of those yes votes on 20 and 22. Everything else is a no. But I wanted to specifically point out Prop 14 because this is uh, the revenge of a very bad idea. Um, Back in 2003, the state of California passed a a bill or, excuse me, passed a bond uh, that was Prop 71. And it was authorizing funding, a massive amount of funding for stem cell research in the state of California. 
Um, some of your listeners might remember back then, Christopher Reeve, Michael J. Fox. It, it was really a huge campaign. And the reason was it was a $3 billion bond, $3 billion of taxpayer money that was going to be going to private research institutions, some public schools as well. But in most cases, it would be these private groups like Stanford or USC or uh, UCSF, d- different places that had a stood to gain a tremendous uh, windfall of profits from the state. Well, we could argue about it just on the fiscal Side. But the reason why I am so strongly urging a no vote is because for the last 17 years, the state of California has funded a type of research that deliberately and systematically takes the life of unborn children at a very early stage of life. Um, this means that you are incentivizing the actual creation of embryos. Um, you are creating new individual human beings. Yes, it's true. They are very small, very, very small. And they are created in vitro. They are in a lab in a test tube. But we are creating individual human beings in the embryonic stage, and then we are destroying them for research purposes. Uh, It really seems like something out of uh, A Brave New World or 1984, Uh, a dystopian movie, something like... um, uh, the island or Gattaca, um, and yet California has been funding that. And now that the money, after 17 years, has basically run out, they want to reauthorize not just three billion, but 5.5 billion more dollars to pay for stem cell research across the state of California. And as you point out, when this experiment was first suggested. Uh, more than a decade ago, uh, while it was met with great pomp and circumstance, there was very little promise to it. It was more hopeful thinking. And in all the time, all the research, all the money that has been spent, we're really no further on toward any viable cure related to stem cell research, particularly as it relates to fetal tissue. And in the areas where we have seen some promising developments, they've determined that uh, adult stem cells are just as effective. So this is one of those ways in which, you know, our our ethics need to to really kick in. And, and, And as we vote for something like this, or consider voting for it or against it, to consider not just the fiscal implications, which you know I, I pound on pretty heavily, but also in this case, the moral implications. Uh, this, this, is a, this is a problem in search of an answer that really doesn't exist, and to put more money into something uh, of, of this nature that really only benefits a handful of well-connected researchers and certainly is 100% of the time lethal to the, uh, to the children that are involved, um, it really ought to be, as Jonathan Keller points out, uh, one in which you really, with all of your heart, vote no on. And again, to reiterate, that is Proposition 14. Billions of dollars have gone into this, and here we are um, years later, really only, I think, perhaps proving one thing, Jonathan, and that is uh, sadly how gullible the public can be when you sort of sugarcoat lots of promises um, and are able to basically make a emotional plea uh, using well-known celebrities that are dealing with pretty serious issues like Michael J. Fox with, with Parkinson's and, and hold out hope when, quite frankly, it's just the promise that they indicate is there has never really been there. Correct, and I think it's 
it's a good reminder of why we should never base our votes purely on celebrity endorsements. <laughs> um, I, it's been remarkable for me, Craig, to see um, our friends on the left have absolutely pulled out the stops uh, when it comes to the presidential race with uh, Joe Biden. I, On Twitter and Facebook and my email box, I, I have seen just an avalanche of former celebrities that have come out and endorsed Joe Biden. I, the cast of the Princess Bride movie, uh, the cast of the Avengers movie, uh, the cast of you know musicals on Broadway. Uh, Lady Gaga was just in Pennsylvania stumping for Joe Biden. I mean, I I think it's it's just a reminder for all of us that we should we should be very wary when our friends or our opponents. When anybody is trying to sell you something primarily based on either the heartrending stories or on a celebrity endorsement, it really should make you examine it more closely, not less closely. Yeah, and very I well think- put. And I think that the, 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 the solid counsel there goes to the heart of another matter, and that is so often you will see celebrities out who were either selected to um, – maybe give a testimony before the United States Congress on a critical issue, or they they, they gather their celebrity firepower uh, to get behind some sort of cause. And yet when you research, you find out, well, either they got compensated for their endorsement, or you find out nine times out of 10, most of these people barely passed high school with a passing grade. They have no uh, college or university-level education and are wholly unqualified to render opinions on very critical issues that we as Americans are grappling with. And yet, because of their celebrity star status, that kind of gets uh, pushed into power when, at the end of the day, there is no there there, meaning they oftentimes, can I put it any more politely than to say, don't know what they're talking about. Again, I want to remind you, as we are here with uh, a scant hour and 35 minutes or so, two hours and 35 minutes before the polls close, um, that you still have time to get more information on all of these critical issues. So as you're heading to the polling place, uh, when you get there and it's safe, um, log on and go to CaliforniaFamilyVoter.com to get more information on these and other critical issues before voters across our state. Today, on Tuesday, November the 3rd, CaliforniaFamilyVoter.com. And our thanks to Jonathan Keller, president of the California Family Council, for that update. 536, let's get you updated now on traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, back to the conversation. It is election night. We've got, uh, let's see here, two hours and 19 minutes to go before the polls close here along the West Coast. So um, if you haven't voted yet, hopefully you're driving safely to your polling place and are going to do so. As we continue to talk about the challenges that Californians are facing, and I use that word intentionally because there can be some confusion in relationship to some of these ballot propositions. A few that show up are back on the ballot yet again. Uh, Others are worded in ways that really makes you wonder exactly what it is that you're voting for. And, of course, that kind of confusion oftentimes is built into the wording. And why the Secretary of State allows that to happen has always been beyond me. Let's continue our discussion as we talk about Decision 2020. Brian Johnston now joins us, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee. It was uh, exactly 20 years ago tonight 
that Brian and I hung out together till about uh, 3.45. 3.45 in the morning <laughs> when we wow. when we finally decided, you know what, maybe the Supreme Court can come up with an answer in Florida because we certainly can't. <laughs> and, uh, there was a, a history-making moment, Brian, and, and here we are on election night yet together once again. And, and of course, uh, tonight, as we're narrowing down the amount of time left for Californians to go to the polls and have their voice heard, their vote cast, uh, there are a number of uh, very important ballot propositions that I know um, National Right to Life and specifically California Pro-Life has been keeping a very close eye on. And for, for people of faith in particular, they're concerned about the direction of this country and are also concerned about doing all that we can in terms of protecting those who have no voice, the unborn. Let's talk about some of the critical propositions on the ballot tonight that California voters will be deciding on. Yes, Craig, well, great. Thanks for reminding me about those adventures 20 years ago. Well, you know, and on that front, we might have that same situation tonight, sadly, because of the decisions regarding Pennsylvania. And it's such, it literally is the Keystone State when it comes to the election tonight. And I just don't think we're going to get actual results in that state. So, it's going to be not just a long night. We're probably going to have a couple of days, at the very least, for the presidential election. Specifically, California, and thank you again for reminding people that you need to vote, and we tend to forget that this is Election Day because of so many. I did vote beforehand, but still a lot of people don't until Election Day, and we still have a couple of hours left. So you or your loved ones, please do go to vote. Make sure you vote for life, and you can get the details of what we're going to talk about at CaliforniaProLife.org if you're concerned about the life issue. Elections 2020. And among other things, we do have an analysis of the ballot propositions. Now, right now, we can talk about all of them, Greg, because you know how I work. Uh, I work as a team. The Board of National Right to Life and the Board of California Pro-Life is a team of different people. And in California, we looked at the ballot propositions, and six of them directly impinge on the life issue. So I'll be glad to go into those in detail. And again, if you haven't voted yet, when you go home, go to your computer, and you can see the explanations as to why these are significant. As Craig rightly said, very often, politics is intentionally misleading, and particularly in a state like ours. We're given direct democracy. You're a legislator in California, and that's not always a good idea because in real legislation, it's examined many, many times, and they have staff to help them. And it goes to, through two houses, and then it goes to the subcommittees. So bills are carefully examined. If you're able to, with the flick of a pen, make a law, and that's what we do with ballot propositions. The power belongs to those who can influence public opinion, and it's easily swayed. So back to these propositions, the very first one that will qualify for the ballot is Prop 14. And Prop 14 revisits the stem cell and cloning issue, the miracle cures that were going to help Michael J. Fox uh, be cured of Parkinson's. That would help that would help uh, uh, Christopher Reeve walk again. 
They also remember this is 1970. Excuse me. This is uh, uh, this is Prop 71 back in the year 2004. And all the miracle cures from. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Only Californians would fund it, which they did. And the fact is, is that there were no cures. And those who follow the life issue and understand the science of stem cell research, I'm a big fan of actual use of stem cells, adult stem cells. Our body is designed, God designed us with certain cells that apply anywhere in your body that replace, you might say, the body parts. And it's a miraculous thing. But if you take stem cells from another human being, it's much more difficult. Much as the, the really the problem is this, is that that's not supposed to happen. With Parkinson's, and this is done in many countries beforehand, Mexico, Japan, they would take embryonic stem cells, put them inside the brains of Parkinson's patients, and they would grow. They would grow into teeth and bone and hair because those are the stem cells of somebody else. And those those growths killed those patients. But adult stem cells work. At any rate, Proposition 14, they ran out of money. They got billions, and now they're asking for billions more. For obvious reasons, we're asking that you vote no. And it really, just for fiscal responsibility, not only have there been no cures, there's really no oversight of this committee. It uses government funds, but the state of California has no control over this quasi-government entity. And many people are opposing it simply on the grounds that this, this has stolen money, and no one's keeping account of how they use it. So that's Prop 14. Let me have you um, pause right there because we're going to take a quick time out. I want to say on schedule here, Brian, so we don't interrupt you. So stay with us for a moment. You're listening to election night coverage here on KFAX. Brian Johnston, who, of course, is the host of Life Matters, heard every Saturday at 11 a.m. right here on KFAX, is with us. And we'll get back to more of the critical ballot propositions for consideration before Californians this election night right after we get you an update on traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Decision 2020 continues, seven away from the hour of 6 p.m. That means just about two hours and seven minutes before the polls close across the West Coast. Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee, back with us once again. And uh, in the waning moments here of election night, for those of you um, stragglers out there that have not made it to the polls yet and you're suddenly pondering, oh my goodness, all these propositions. Do I just walk into the voting place and try to read it real quick off the ballot? No, not a good idea. So we're going to break down some of the top ones for you. Just prior to the break, we talked about Proposition 14. Let's move along. You've got a number of of the key ones here. We're not going to have time, obviously, to go into all of them, but uh, let's talk about some of the real important ones. And uh, continue, if you would, please, Brian. Yeah, very quickly, Craig, exactly right. And I think the first thing, if you're a Christian and you're listening and you're a concerned citizen, you have to bring principles to bear when you vote. And uh, the rule of thumb is, what's the role of government? And that's always been a question for mankind, and particularly if you're a Christian. It's a, it's a question you have to examine. Now, one of the things the founders, America's founders, were very clear about is that government needs to be limited and controlled. If you don't have that worldview, 
the opposite worldview is the government is going to take care of everything. They're the most powerful people. They're going to solve everything. And that's a bad way to view it. I'll be honest with you. As a Christian, even secular people will agree with you. Because if you say, this is an injustice, and many, many times secular people will say, what an injustice. This is an injustice. What you're saying is that whatever law, whatever issue is passed, there's a higher law that should have been paid attention to. Even secular people acknowledge that the laws of nature and nature's God exist and that they are higher laws. And that's an important thing to understand. Now, as a Christian going to the ballot tonight, I'm going to go through the rest of them very quickly. Most all of those ballot propositions, I personally recommend a no, because most of them empower the government to take over whole swaths of society. And most of the time, and we can go through all the numbers, I don't want to bore you, but we'll just take the next one, that has to be 15. But several of them get more money through different funding mechanisms by changing taxation, by getting more money into the government, and then they always say it's to help the poor kids. Government's here to help children, and therefore we'll take this money and put it into education. I believe it was the same election 20 years ago when when we passed the the uh, uh, the uh, California lottery, which was astounding to me. That oh yeah, let's have the let's get involved in gambling. It's okay because literally the lottery that money's going to help education. Well, it hasn't helped education. And let me give you a basic bottom line issue is that schools already, right now, need to set aside under education code section 1707075. They're supposed to set aside money every year for maintaining the facilities, for keeping things going. They're supposed to have that rainy day fund required by law. Every year that fund is invaded, there's no lockbox ideological players like the California Teachers Association, they sue for that money to go to other purposes. And so it's the schools always need more money. And the bill, well, we need a new bond. We need more bonds. But the fact is, is that money is going, if anything, to abuse these children's minds. They're not being taught principles. And so very quick overview. Usually this money is aimed for emotional purposes to help the kids but the money actually has already been wasted on schools. Literally, the lotto, so many, so many billions have been wasted, and they're asking for more every time. So that's a quick overview as to why you should put, vote no. The only one I wouldn't personally, Proposition 22 is different, because Proposition 22 basically addresses AB5, which is a bill the state legislature passed to prohibit, literally, to prohibit independent contractors from operating in California. Now, I've operated as an independent contractor when I'm younger, when I was younger, and I think it's a good thing because it allows you to be entrepreneurial. And the entrepreneurial spirit is the backbone of America. And it basically says, look, I'm going to go out and make my way. I'm going to accomplish something. Those who rule government right now believe the government should control your life, that you should be dependent on others, that you be heavily taxed. As an independent contractor, you're breaking away from that system. What Proposition 22 says specifically, it's very narrow, it says that the Uber and Lyft drivers that can, and many people do that on the side, some people do it for a living, 
but that they can be independent contractors. I think it's going to pass because a lot of people not only do that on the side, but a lot of people use Uber. I use Uber because it's very easy. And people think that's a valuable asset. The government wants to shut it down. Proposition 22 allows it to continue. That's the only yes I'd recommend. I'm sorry to be so quick, but it's important. One other one, again, a no, is Prop 23. They use the whole emotions of dealing with people with kidney dialysis. And, oh, it's going to help people with kidney disease. No, it doesn't. It's sponsored by, again, the unions, government-controlled unions, and they want to put more rules on existing kidney dialysis units so that there will be only a handful in the state that will charge even more money for kidney dialysis. And the federal government pays that money very often, but they want it to flow into their coffers. And so that, even though it's emotionally attractive, will help people with kidney disease, no, it actually doesn't help. It makes fewer clinics, and it makes the handful that are there wealthy collecting the federal dime in California. So that also is a no. So very quickly, basic principle, if you believe in big government, well, then just go ahead and vote yes for everything because the government's wonderful, and it loves you. Big brother loves you. It will always care for you. And if you believe that, you're actually very naive. The purpose of government, according to our founders, is to be very limited, but specifically very clear. The very first purpose is to protect the lives of the innocent that are under its authority. That's why we have policemen. God bless policemen. That's why we empower them with guns and badges, because the role of government is to help the vulnerable that can't protect themselves, protect their own lives. That's the first rule of government. And all our other rights emanate from that right to be alive. So understanding the nature of government is very important if you're a Christian voter. Don't get sucked into the very popular notion that government loves you. And gosh, if there's any problems, the government will fix it easy. We'll throw money at it and we'll tax people. And we'll... No, you'll, you'll create huge bureaucracies that usually are, are pretty inefficient. And unfortunately, at this point in California, are controlled by an ideology of the extreme left. California has gone extreme left. I don't know how much time we have right now, but I think we should recognize, people are, are recognizing this, that our governor has far exceeded his authority. He's an authoritarian, using the position of governor. Today, uh, assembly members Kylie and Gallagher had sued him, and they won in court because he is arbitrarily using powers that are not his. The lockdowns that we're seeing, he doesn't have that kind of authority. More specifically, we saw this weekend, he admitted he's sending his kids to private school. He's telling anybody that's going to a government school, no way. I'm locking down those government schools. Well, yeah, but I'm going to send my kids off to school. So this is a man that's using authority capriciously. That's not the nature of government in our represented democracy. Well, and as I have talked about many times, the fact that <laughs> once he got into office, we knew that there was going to be a a, a very hard, fast um, socialist-leaning agenda that would make even the likes of Jerry Brown uh, make us long for the days. And, and long-time listeners to this program know a fan of Jerry Brown, <laughs> I am not. And yet, to think Jerry Brown is more conservative... And our current governor, I think, kind of uh, 
gives you a sense of the challenges that we are facing. Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee, his broadcast... Life Matters, Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. right here on KFAX. Information available at CaliforniaProLife.org. All right, we've reached the halfway point in our Tuesday evening election night coverage. We're going to shift gears here a little bit because a lot of this is going to be too early to call. And as we try and inundate you with guesswork over the next hour, with more than two hours before the polls close here on the West Coast, uh, we just don't want to engage in that. I, I, I don't think it would be fair to you, and it would be largely a waste of time to try and speculate. So we're going to turn a corner and uh, head into some other content here for the moment. And we'll be back with more here on the Tuesday Election Night edition of Lifeline from KFAX. KFAX.